A dog chasing a deer, 6.7 million views. An eagle trying to snatch a baby, 3.5 million views. A cat playing a piano, 19.5 million views. Somehow it seems almost all of us, as busy as we are, have found time to relish in the phenomena of pet videos. Seriously, I don't know if you all know this, but there is now a festival of cat films. 10,000 people showed up for that, just saying. I don't think I need to say a whole lot about that in relation to our passage today and our celebration of creation and especially the nine o'clock blessing of animals. It seems obvious. And yet, even the obvious deserves to be discovered at times. And speaking of obvious, these are difficult days. I'm not sure that there have ever been easy days for most of humanity, but I do really believe that these are difficult days. In Asheville, in America, And by consequence, in this church and in our homes, I am certain that we each have some heavy burdens we would like to lay down. This passage that we read today is an invitation to do just that. We are reminded that God is available to us, that God created this world around us and all that's in it, and in it God assures us We can find rest. The scripture is inviting us to rest. It's inviting us to Sabbath. I don't know about you, but that is good news to me. And I don't know about you, but I am horrible at Sabbath. I find it very difficult to lay down my burdens and find deep, consistent rest. Now a cat video... I can do that. But is that really what God is calling us to in the gospel? Don't get me wrong. I love a good pet video. Raise your hand if you ever saw the one where the woman had the leash and the big dog and it took off running and she like literally flew up in the air. Have you seen this? Oh my gosh, go Google it. It's so funny. I watched that video way more times than I care to admit. And perhaps I could say that that was a moment of rest for me. I put down my heavy burdens for 45 seconds. That counts, right? But really what this actually leaves me pondering is simply this. What's the difference between rest and escape? God promises us, not just in this passage, but in much of our Holy Scripture, that when we bring our troubles to God, we can find rest from our heavy burdens. And God knows we need rest. If we don't rest, how are we going to do this work that God has given us to do? I know this is true, and yet even as I wrote the sermon, I know it is really hard for me to do I wonder if I even know that I need rest. Do I really have faith that rest matters? That I deserve it? 
that God's called me to it? Because if I did have that faith, I am fairly certain I would center Sabbath more in my life. If I did, I think I would take time for real rest. So first thing is first, do we even have faith that true Sabbath matters? And if so, what is it that God is calling us into in Sabbath? And what's the difference between that kind of rest and escape? A 45-second pet video is escape. For me, often, a glass of wine can be an escape. People magazine, definitely an escape. And I'm not saying that escape is all bad. It just isn't rest. Rest or Sabbath is something different than escape in that rest is consistent and deep. Rest is for the soul, not just the mind or the body. Rest moves us to engage, while escape moves us to isolate. Rest often brings clarity, while escape shuts down thinking. Rest is countercultural, while escape is easily produced and available to purchase. Escape is easy to find and requires little from us. Rest, however, requires us to seek and explore our own pain and identify our own deep needs. This past week, in preparation for today's service, I have been thinking a lot about St. Francis. St. Francis was a burdened young man who sought rest. St. Francis's burdens came from a life that he was born into that felt heavy and lacked integrity for him as a growing human. St. Francis was born into an elite and wealthy family. His father was a land mongrel who bought up land, quickly developed it, and sold it back for great profit. He was really successful at this, and he built wealth that benefited his private goals, and his family, but it divided the community around him. As the story goes, like with many mystics, St. Francis could not abide with that lifestyle. To him, it was a great burden, that climbing and clamoring for success, the expectations placed upon him by his family and the society around him was a burden he sought to lay down. His faith in Sabbath and rest led him to a radical decision, a radical decision to leave this world, to differentiate his goals from those of his family and his community, to create a new community in the year 1200 that has lasted to this day. What Francis wanted instead of subjugating land and creation for personal wealth, was to uplift God's creation for Sabbath and rest. Rather than own land, he wanted to coexist with land and all of creation. Instead of ignoring the poor and being fearful of poverty, he chose to enter it fully, to be subject to the limitations that poverty offered him and his new community. When Francis began to create his order of low friars, he needed to present a rule of life to the Pope, and the Pope would bless the order or not, thus uh, creating this new community or sending St. Francis back to the drawing board. 
So when Francis wrote down his rules of life, it was simple. He stated something like, we're going to live with the poor, we're going to care for the poor, for the widow, for the orphan. Francis quotes the New Testament throughout his rules of living. When this is presented to the Pope, the Pope is said to have exclaimed, this is no rule of life, this is just the gospel. But for Francis in the gospel was the rule that brought the true rest that he sought. In the gospel call to love your neighbor was the rule of life he had been missing so deeply within the success-driven life of his family and community. For Francis, poverty was not a penance, but as Richard Rohr puts it, it was a free leap into the problem. It was liberation from a way of life that was a burden to him. But before Francis could decide where his rest was going to come from, he needed to know what he was seeking rest from. He needed to be aware of his own particular need. And as he was, he quickly discovered that he was not alone in feeling burdened by this culture. He was joined in the hundreds and thousands by young men who also felt a call to lay down the burden of the current culture. In this way of life, many people, including Richard Rohr, have discovered a consistent and deep Sabbath. In this way, many have laid down the burden of the current culture throughout the last 900 years. No matter the decade or the century, people have been liberated from seeking success and have actually found rest by leaning into poverty, leaning into the problem and coexisting with creation and God found within. While some might say that these monks escape culture, I would say that they are rather liberated from it. A lifestyle change that reflects real Sabbath that isn't escapism is identified by the consistency of the practice and the fruit of the life produced. While few of us will accept a call to a life of poverty coexisting with creation in the radical way of St. Francis, all of us are called to lay down our burdens and find rest. Consistent and deep rest in God and creation. We too are called to ask, what is burdening us? What fears? What loyalties? What behaviors? What values are keeping us from being made more and more into the likeness of Jesus Christ and following the rest-filled way of Jesus? And each of us is called to consider deeply, are we escaping our burdens or are we lying them down? Some of us brought pets with us to the nine o'clock service today to be blessed. It was holy chaos, as it always is. When we bless something, we are rendering that thing to be holy and beneficial to our spiritual life. When we bless pets, we are really blessing God's humble creation that is all around us. We are blessing that among us that seeks not its own reward, but instead to simply be loving and to love. And we know from science that those who have pets actually live longer and have more fulfilled lives than those without. 
Those that live with creation benefit from the humble nature of creation. I think that's why we bless our pets. Because often they are for us a mirror of the humble and loving care of creation. Our pets in the natural world offer us a reminder that we are more than what we can produce and consume. We are holy because we can love. Richard Rohr went on to say about St. Francis, Our outer world and its inner significance must come together for there to be any wholeness or holiness. The result is both deep joy and a resounding sense of coherent beauty. What was personified in the body of Jesus was a manifestation of one universal truth. Matter is and has always been the hiding place for spirit, forever offering itself to be discovered anew. The more we can see, as Francis was able to, that all of creation offers us a resting place, that the matter before us, whether our pets or these amazing mountains or the grass our toes touch as we walk, is a container for the holy, and we are called to walk within it and among it. So as we seek blessing for the world around us, whether it's the pets we love or the difficult reality of the poor on the doorstep or the waters which flow in our rivers or in our blood, let us seek the blessing of deep and consistent rest we can find there. Let us lay down our real burdens, not escape them, but lay them down before our Creator. And let us seek the radically transformed life that is found in our own liberation. Amen.